Hi, welcome to the Mastermind Project podcast. My name is Brian McRae. I'm the founder of the Mastermind Project. And this podcast is intended to help you grow as a leader, to grow in productivity, and also to grow in relationships. Those are the three topics that we will always talk about here at the Mastermind Project. Chances are you're a small business owner or maybe a commissioned sales professional and you're looking to grow. And we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So once a month, we host an event designed to help givers grow. And so that's what we're here for. And this podcast is taken from a general session of a portion of our live event, uh, which we've now gone to virtual uh, as of 2020. So if you're comfortable, please join us. Feel free to join us. And you can go to www.brianckmcrae.com. And you can register for our next event, which is the third Thursday of the month. So sit back and enjoy the shared learning experience here of the Mastermind Project. Anyway, um, guys, this is uh, getting back to the event because I can get on. We got some special guests here. But what I want to do is I want to focus on this system of what we're talking about. Because right now, what, what is momentum, by the way? What is momentum? Do we have any scientists in the room? What is momentum? How many of you know when you have momentum in your business and when you don't? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you want more momentum in your business? Exactly. So guys, momentum is not, uh, it's not really complex. It's momentum is mass times velocity. It's pretty simple. So if we're in a referral-based business, if we're in a referral-based business, I want you to think about it. The mass in your business is what? The amount of, the number of people that you know. You know, some, in some spaces we call that a sphere, sphere of influence, SOI. You could call it a database. You could call it, uh, we call it an inventory of relational assets inside this community because that's what it is. We keep an inventory of the assets that we have relationally. But whatever it is, that's the mass. However many people know you that would be able to tell you, you know, be able to, that would answer the phone and know your voice. That's the people that know you. That's the mass of your business. And then there's the velocity. What's velocity? Speed. Yep. So the question is how often, you know, if we take a look at the velocity, it's really, as it relates to your businesses, it's how often are you engaging and connecting with the people that know you? I want you to think about that for a second. Think about the people that refer you. How often are you engaging them? If you haven't talked to people that have referred you, how much velocity do you have in your business? You can have a ton of people that know you, but if you're not taking action to engage those individuals, what kind of momentum do you think you're going to have from a referral standpoint? So the point is, that's just one example of how to apply this to the business. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have a panel today and talk about how to build momentum in your business. And candidly, the concepts that we're going to talk about today will work everywhere. Kind of one of the things we want you to do around here is we want you to win at work and at home. And we believe it's possible. We've got a panel today that's going to talk about that and, uh, and how they've been winning at work at home using the momentum system. So as we go through this today, we're going to try to help you crack this system. We're going to break down the five elements of it. But here's kind of the key to remember. Number one, you all have some great ideas. I guarantee you if we got a whiteboard out and said, here's what we're going to do in 2023, there's going to be all kinds of great ideas. But guess what? You're only going to get rewarded for them in the event that you do what? You've heard the word mentioned around here a lot. Implement. It's implementation. And right now, in this marketplace, when you go home and you watch the news, you listen to the radio, you jump on and you start scrolling on your phone, guys, it's going to keep you from implementing. So we want to try to help you understand how to implement because that's what's going to reward. It's, it's when you take action. All right. And by the way, that, uh, you, who got the 12-week year? You've got it. So I'm telling you that it is a great book. It's one of the books. It's a foundational. By the way, if you're interested, you're going to hear a lot of concepts that have come from books today. Um, and we believe readers are leaders in this community. By the way, that's personal development. So if you're interested in anything you hear, we've got some books that are available. We have people say, hey, do you have that book? Do you have that book? We finally got some inventory of books again. So they're over there. If you're interested in purchasing a book, you're more than welcome to. So, um, but anyway, we've got the 12-week year. So it's about implementing. And Brian Moran has a great book on that. It was a best-selling book. And uh, so we might, you might hear that talked about today. But there's really five elements of the things that you're going to hear from our panelists today. We're going to talk about vision. We're going to talk about planning, metrics, time allocation, and this little thing called joyful accountability. So uh, we're going to try something a little bit different today. We're going to walk through, and rather than just doing a big presentation on it, we're going to have an implementation panel. Now, 
um, as we bring these in, by the way, you guys can come on up. So we've got Jessica, we've got Nathan and Mike, if you guys wanna come on up. So what we're gonna do, and what I want you to do is we're gonna walk through each one of these. These guys are gonna share their experience in implementing the things that you're seeing up here. And um, by the way, have any, has anybody ever been on a panel besides these guys? Good. What's the one tip you got about being on a panel? Or what was the one fear you had about being on a panel, if you don't mind me asking? No, I'm not fearful at all. I actually Okay, so you enjoy speaking to a crowd. Good, good, all right. Well, what are you doing next month? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but the point is, um, as you watch these guys, each one of them, when we, when we invite panelists, they're like, my story's not that unique. Well, I'm just gonna tell you, they actually each have a very unique story, and I hope with a humble boldness today, they're gonna share it very intimately with you about what they're doing. Please note, take, if you're struggling with something in your business and you wanna apply the elements of momentum, make sure you're writing down questions that you might have. Or if you have something that you're learning, write it down and put a square next to it and it's gonna be something you need to take action on, you need to change or you need to teach to somebody else. Because please do not keep what you learn here today to yourself. Go implement it and share it with somebody else. But these guys are gonna share and the one, thing, one piece of advice I give to anybody on a panel is what, what's ordinary to you is gonna be extraordinary to somebody else. These guys, each one of them, when they got asked, said, I don't know that I got much to share. The truth of the matter is they got a lot to share. And if you're ever, and when we talk about sharing your story, just remember, when you go implement, you're one chapter ahead in the book from somebody who you could help. So just remember, you just gotta be one chapter ahead in any book anytime you're trying to help somebody uh, in, in terms of in helping them grow. All right. So guys, we're gonna talk with, we're gonna start with, uh, with uh, go through these five elements, but I'm gonna give, uh, so we've got Jessica here. Uh, and you can tell Jessica, I think she's gonna start smiling a little bit more. She's got a great story to tell uh, when she starts talking about the things that she's accomplished. But Jessica's an estate planning attorney. I met her two years ago, three years ago, probably three, probably three was, yep. So right as things were starting to happen in the world. So, um, but Jessica left a large, do you want to tell the story or you want me to? All right. Um, the coolest part about Jessica is she, uh, she was at a uh, large estate planning firm, uh, had a pretty high-level leadership position in there, was probably working, and these are my words, not yours, but I'm paraphrasing, was working a little bit more than what she wanted and wasn't very fulfilled in what she was doing, um, decided to go out on her own. And then uh, she's got a great story. She's uh, now probably smiling a lot more about her business. See, I told you. Um, and then I'll let her finish up that story. And then now uh, we've got Nathan Kirpin. Nathan's with Benchmark. Um, Nathan is a uh, branch manager there. He's got a wonderful team. He's been in the industry. Uh, he calls himself the mortgage coach because he's got the heart of a teacher. By the way, you're going to see that from each one of these individuals. They all have the heart of a teacher. Um, they love helping other people. Uh, but Nathan's got a great... Uh, and how long have you been in, uh, in practice? 22 years. 22 years. So you and I started about the same time. So, All right. And then, uh, and then we've, got the, uh, we've got the overreaching... The overreaching accountant here, Mike, uh, Mike Hilmes is with Kingdom Financial, um, and uh, he's got a real purpose behind what he's doing. Um, he loves to have an impact on the people that he comes in contact with, whether it's a client or whether it's somebody who just needs some help. He loves having a positive impact on all areas of somebody's financial life, which is why he calls it the overstepping accountant. So imagine going to get your taxes done and you're finding out how you might be able to build wealth somewhere. So that's what, uh, that's what Mike does. So he loves helping people do that. So, I could go on and on about each one of these individuals because I know them through either the academy, actually they've all been part of the Accelerate Coaching Program. So I've gotten to know them intimately and part of the Accelerate Coaching Program is we use these kind of as a, as a framework for building something special. So I've gotten to know them pretty well. So I'm gonna actually turn it over and as we're just gonna start walking through this. So the first element of, the, uh, of this is vision. And so I'm gonna give this as after introductions, we're gonna go to this slide right here. And what I want you to do, we're gonna do a little table talk because this isn't just gonna be about the front of the room, this is about making connections. What I want you to do is I want you to go out three years. It's November 17th of 2025. I want you to time warp. I want you to time warp. It's not 2022 anymore, it's 2025. And what I want you to do is turn to somebody at your table and I want you to pretend like you're in 2025 and I want you to tell them what's happened over the past three years. That you're, that you're happy with your progress personally and professionally and you just can't stop smiling. What has happened that you can't stop smiling? Make sense? All right, so I'm gonna turn it over to you, give you guys some table time, and let you guys, uh, let you talk about that, about what 2025, what's happened that you can't stop smiling. How many of you enjoyed that conversation? It, that is a cool conversation. By the way, remember that question because it's a good way to connect with strategic partners as well. But um, as we take this back and get, uh, get this back to our panel, 
our panelists. Um, guys, as, when it comes to vision, tell us what, uh, what, your biggest, uh, what your biggest challenge was when it came to putting your vision together. Press and hold. There you go. Hello. Okay. Um, I think the hardest part about a vision is literally clearing the space and sitting down and forcing yourself to do it. It's really daunting to look at a blank page and think like, what do I want out of my life? And I, I mean, we talked about that in Accelerate the first time I did mine and it's, it's daunting, but you kind of have to force yourself to do it. And I will say that taking that time and taking that mental energy and really figuring out why am I doing what I'm doing gave me so much clarity and so much motivation to then move the ball forward. It's a lot easier to move the ball forward when you know where your goal is as opposed to just growing for the sake of growing or doing tasks for the sake of doing tasks. So take the time. I know it's hard when you feel like I should do something, I should go act, but take the time and build the vision because it gives you the, the fire to, to light the path. I get to follow that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, vision is definitely um, the toughest thing for vision for me has always been looking back has been not being ambiguous, right? You can set lofty goals. You can, you know, you're looking out years into the future and you're looking at this life that you want to lead and live. And, you know, it's, it's easy to say something big and hairy and audacious, at least it is for me. And, but then scaling that back, scaling that back to not only just to today, but also, you know, going, okay, what is, what's going to be purpose that causes me to take action now to pursue that? And that's, that's been an area of struggle, but it's also been an area of breakthrough um, through having wise counsel, you know, around me. So, um, and dare I say, scale it all the way back to your own childhood. You know, because that has a lot to do with, you know, what were those deciding factors in your own life that caused you to even take the steps you've taken, let alone the, take the steps that you'd like to, to move forward. Yeah, I agree with that. And that <laughs> leads exactly to, um, you know, for me, vision, whenever he says, what's the struggle with vision? I have no struggle with vision. Like, I can think vision. I'm just a visionary. I'm always thinking head, head, head. It's implementing and actually like making all that stuff happen is what my struggle is, right? Is actually like making it happen on the back end. Um, so the vision isn't my issue. My, um, for me though, honestly in the last six months or a year, my visions came more and more clear because as, as Brian said, I'm the overstepping accountant. I love helping clients in every area of their financial life. And that is a great thing to do, but sometimes it's not the best way to really... Um, there's lots of areas that you can help clients in, okay? But the point is, is in the last six months, I've really focused in on how, where that vision comes from for me, right? So right now, I'm in a room right now, you have a lot of people right now, you're probably thinking, um, am I where I'm supposed to be? With the mortgage industry the way it is right now, are there people right now questioning, are you at where you're supposed to be at? Anyone? Yeah. Will anyone raise their hand? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, I hope so, you're not questioning being here. You just no, mean in general. Just yeah, okay. no. I'm just mean as far as like your career, your goals, where you're at, right? You're questioning things. Um, for me, just recently, like I found out the reason why I do what I do, right? And it's honestly just a quick story. Yeah, I'll tell a quick story. Um, and I call it the story of a giving entrepreneur. Okay, and there's a gentleman, um, grew up in a poor family. In age seven, he started working as an entrepreneur, trying to trying to make money for his family. He went around the, the, the town and like bought, got all kinds of people's like extra food and stuff and he sold it to like pig farmers, right? To feed their pigs, right? So he was just trying to make money for his family. Um, all growing up, he always, always did that. Um, he was not the best employee, okay? So in, in high school, he got a job as an employee and, and realized very quickly he was, who's, who out there is unemployable? Any unemployable people out here? <laughs> There's more unemployable people in the room, to be honest with you, just let you know if you're here. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so this gentleman, he always went through his life and he loved giving and loved serving and loved serving, but he was not necessarily, he was not a good employee, but he was not necessarily the best entrepreneur. Okay. So through life, he had businesses that failed. He did not have good advice. He didn't seek good counsel, um, but he loved serving. He loved serving. He loved serving. And through years, he had businesses that failed. He went and got jobs, businesses that failed. Fast forward, um, you know, in his late um, 
Later on in his life, he had a business and it ended up breaking him. It broke his family, went through bankruptcy. Anybody know this? Anybody have anybody that you know that have tried businesses and they failed, tried businesses and failed, right? Um, well, this gentleman didn't have anybody he can lean on, like trusted advisors like Brian, right? Or like Dan Lewis, right? He didn't have somebody he could go to as a business owner and say, hey, I got issues. What, can you help me, right? And that's my passion is helping people like that, right? That gentleman, though, unfortunately, in 1978, he had, he had to file bankruptcy, lost his whole business. Marriage falls apart. Family hall falls apart. 1982, he passes away. He commits suicide, right? That was my grandpa. I was one year old when he committed suicide. I just found out my whole life I've been building businesses and just serving people. <laughs> my wife can tell you, not making much money for a long time, just serving, serving, serving. And now I know the reason why I do it in taxes and finances is because my grandpa did that with people with fixing cars and stuff. You know, there's stories that I just, last week or so I talked to my aunt, a couple of aunts. They said, you cannot drive down the road. There's a car broken on the side of the road. My grandpa, the whole family would go, dad, don't stop. Because they knew they're going to be there for three or four hours helping somebody fix their car, right? There's a story of a lady who broke down in front of their, in front of their shop one day. She's from Chicago. And in, in the 70s, he spent $300 out of his family's budget that he didn't have to put parts in her car, was supposed to go on a family vacation that day, and changed the family vacation to fix this lady's car, sent her on her way, knowing he wasn't going to get paid. That's what I want to do, right? And that's why I'm building the business I'm building. And just in the last six months, that story has really it giving you some clarity giving me clarity on on why the why i have the vision i have yeah that's good um yeah you if you're gonna clap clap yeah thanks for sharing mike um yeah that's really good and getting uh, getting getting clarity around a vision how many of you struggle with the question what do i want anybody it's one of the things that i think intimidated candidly you know and that's so you guys each touched upon it. Um, is, that was a challenge for you, saying, what do I want? What did you guys do to overcome that? I sat in an empty room with a blank piece of paper until I figured it out. <laughs> okay. I mean, it was messy. It was hard, but... So if somebody... And it, and it was iterative. Like, I think that's really important. It, it took a long time to kind of... for things to gel in a more... less ambiguous way. It took time to take a big concept and say, okay, but what's that really mean? What's it mean to be the mom I want to be? What's it mean to be the wife I want to be? And, that, and then the more I thought about it and the more I tinkered with it and wrote stuff down about it, the more that like, evolved into like, clear, tangible evidence of those things. Yeah, so notice what Jessica just did. What, um, what did she start doing when she was stuck? Did you guys catch it? She sat, she sat, but what happened? She said, what kind of, it was iterative, and she started asking herself questions. What kind of mom do I want to be? So the, the, the thing, the point that I'd like to make is if you're stuck on what do you want, ask yourself a better question. What areas of life are important to you? And start to break things down. So look, guys, all we're trying to do here is get you, and we could probably spend the next 90 minutes on just vision alone. But the, the key component behind vision, and you guys tell me if you think this is accurate, it's not about what you don't, what you don't have on a piece of It's ask, ask the right questions. If you don't have a good answer, ask a better question. So start with your areas of life. By the way, pick a date. I'll give you three of them. Pick a date. This is real easy. You want something implementable and you want to do something in the fourth quarter of this year to get some purpose behind what you're going to do early next year. Number one, pick a date in the future. We just did that exercise at least three years out. It can be five. It can be ten. You pick a number that's comfortable for you and pick a date that's important to you. Not the, not the 30, don't do the 31st of a year, unless that's your birthday. That's right, Dawn. <laughs> so unless your birthday is the 30th, yeah, exactly. So, but the point is pick a date. Maybe if you're, uh, if you're married, maybe you're picking your anniversary. If you've got, uh, if you've only got one, if you got only one child, maybe it's your child's birthday. If you've got three kids, then you got a problem. You got to pick another date. So, um, but pick a date, pick a date, pick the areas of life that are important to you most important to you. And the third thing I'd recommend on vision is just start asking yourself, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And what do you want to have in those areas of life? It's a very simple equation to start getting some stuff out of your head. And again, just focus on the questions. Because once the vision, you know, 
They talk about vision. It's the starting point for all high achievement. You want to build something special, you've got to have a vision. So, all right. So let's go on. We're going to talk about, uh, let's move on to planning, um, and which is the next component. You may have seen this quote from uh, General Eisenhower and also a president uh, here in our great country. But uh, plans are nothing, but planning is everything. So if you got, how, what does that mean to you guys when it comes to planning? So specifically, and tell us how you plan, because you guys have each put your vision together, and then you're doing some planning and some specific intervals. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that process? Sure. Um, so, yeah, planning is, uh, I, I love that quote, by the way, because everyone, well, you know, a lot of people like to have plans, but as they say, even in the military, um, it's never going to go 100% the way you, way you planned. Right, I think that's the iteration of that there. So for my own um, life, uh, it's been rather haphazard over the years. Some of it's just been, looking back, it's been sheer just instant momentum, like just going out and fighting uphill battle. But you learn really quickly that's gonna exhaust you, right? You can get away with that maybe in your 20s. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't last forever, uh, burning the candle at both ends, as they say. Um, so from a planning standpoint, it's breaking it down into bite sizes. That's, that's probably the best way to do it. And realizing, and, and actually there's just been recent breakthroughs for me on this, uh, with, with some trusted advisors bringing that to the table and saying, hey, I'm really great at casting this grand vision, but I need some help scaling it back. And it was simple as, you know, uh, Lillian, who's not here today with family, um, she, she made it simple for me. I'm an overthinker. And she said, Nathan, you're not going to get there overnight, but what's going to happen is things are going to compound. So let's get it back to a number. Let's get it back to a, a process today that gets you incrementally closer. Yeah. That's good. If you don't, before I let you guys jump in, guys, I want you to think something. I, I mentioned this book and... Uh, 12-week year, we've got copies of it. But this book, and by the way, there's a lot of productivity systems out there. If you've studied any of them, awesome. I don't really care what system you follow. Follow a system when it comes to a productivity system. I love this book. And the concept here, as we're talking about it, is each one of these individuals have put a vision together. They talk about vision in this book. They've put a vision together. But the cool part about this book, the 12-week year, first of all, the title is a little intriguing, isn't it? A 12-week year, how's that work? The concept's really simple. Every year, you've got four years to, to, to build your version of special. But you're just going to take it down in 12-week chunks and focus on a specific thing that's bringing you closer to that vision. So that's the part that I want. And that's the planning. So when you see planning, these guys are all planning in 12-week blocks about a couple things. They're picking two or three goals that they're planning on for that 12-week period that they're going to focus on that creates the momentum that takes them closer to their vision. So, so talk about that a little bit, the planning process and what the difficulty in a, in, inside of a 12-week year, that 12-week period, what's the difficulty you guys have experienced with that planning process? One of the challenges that you've had. Good go. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is a great quote from an amazing philosopher. He says, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Right? <laughs> Anybody know who that is? Yeah. Mike, Mike Tyson. There you go. Right. Um, so... I mean, to me, where it comes from, honestly, I, I'm not a big planner. My wife can attest to this, right? Because it puts, for me, it like puts, it's like control. I don't know, maybe, who's got control issues? Anybody out there? Um, to me, the, <laughs> there you go. The, one, unemplo the unemployable. The unemployable, yeah. My unemployable people that have control issues. Um, you know, so, so for me, planning, I thought it was a negative. Like, I always thought I had to, it was, you know, now I've obviously applied it through the 12-week year and realized it's a great tool to use. Um, but, you know, the quote from Mike Tyson is, is really, I had, I've had lots of plans in my career, and usually the best, if I look back on it, the best ones happened when I got punched in the mouth, right? Honestly. It's, um, but I guess the point is, with a momentum system, is you have to have plans. You have to be going, you, have, you can't steer a parked car. Right? You have to be going somewhere to get punched in the mouth, right? You have to be moving you have to be in the fight to be there. So I think that's the biggest thing. And um, should I tell the story about punching the mouth or not? You got the mic. So April, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> illustrate it. April 27th of 2020, 
Uh, I was working for someone else's accounting firm, building their business. Um, after 18 years of God telling me to start my own, um, I was blessed to get punched in the mouth on April 27th of 2020 by the owners to tell me that I was fired in the middle of tax season, in the middle of pandemic. You really are unemployable to get fired I'm in the middle of tax season. I'm way unemployable. I mean, that's <laughs> impressive, really. Like, <laughs> fired in the middle of pandemic, in the middle of tax season, like, see you later. Um, and it took me about 6.7 seconds to have a pity party and then look up and thank them for doing what God has told me to do for the last 15 plus years, right? So I guess the point is, is I had a plan to start my own business for years. I talked about it, and Brian talked about earlier, his slide was something about you can do whatever, it's all about implementation, right? So me talking about starting my own firm, me talking about having my, a tax program on a laptop and sitting down in a, a real estate broker's office and sitting there all day and just giving free tax advice and helping anybody, I, I, I pitched that to two different people that I worked for, and they laughed at me. They're like, you can't, you cannot secure, you cannot put a tax program on a laptop and go to somebody's office and work. Guess what? Guess what you can now? You can do exactly that, right? So God created a worldwide pandemic so my business could start. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Can I add one thing on planning? Uh, I think when I started functioning on the 12-week year, the biggest challenge I had was shooting too, too many things at one time. Um, it's so tempting, I think, for a lot of us to, you start having ideas, and you're like, well, I could do this, and I could do that, and what if I worked on this? And, and you write them all down, and you're like, I can do all that. And then you start trying to do it day in and day out, and you're like, no, I can't you do none of it or you do all of it poorly. And I think when I, when I stopped, somebody when I was in Accelerate said, you just need to move in a direction. I bought a compass that day and I framed it and I put it like a picture of a compass. It's on the wall in my office. You just gotta move in a direction and you can't move in a lot of directions at once. If anybody who knows me knows I'm obsessed with the book Atomic Habits and there's a, or maybe it's essentialism. Where's that picture? It's essentialism. You know the picture I'm talking about? We're waiting. There's a picture of like two circles and one of them has like a long arrow moving in one direction and you like make progress. And the other one has a dozen arrows moving all sorts of different directions out of the circle. And it really spoke to me that you, you can only focus on one or two things at a time. So pick your things, move in a direction. The next 12 weeks will be there and you can do something then. So don't make yourself crazy or do it all poorly. That's good. I don't have anything. To, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say is trying to execute on more than three and when my brain says two items at a time in that shorter period, that, that smaller atomic level is critical to planning. Guys, if you're sitting in the audience, you're like, yeah, 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 but here's what I want you to do. You guys have probably all had yeah, 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 buts when it comes to trying to do something. Still do. So what I want you to notice here is, that, again, it's just a system, and it's how well you execute the system. If you don't have a system for getting things done, you're probably in the second one where everything is shooting everywhere. Okay? So again, we're not saying this is the perfect system, but these guys are just sharing their experience on utilizing something. And it's interesting because on our team, uh, we have been using this system. Brad and I go back, uh, we've been using it for probably since 2017, I'm guessing. About this time, it was fourth quarter of the year, and we just sat down and Normally, candidly, how many of you in the real estate and mortgage business say fourth quarter is going to be pretty easy? Well, by the way, considering things, we did that. Or we had been kind of thinking about what we needed to do. And I just, I was reading this book and I said, what if we set a bigger goal? We didn't know what we were doing. And we just took and we put a plan together to do it. We crushed it. So, and then we, I'll also share another story. Dawn recently, um, where is Dawn? By the way, she, come here real quick. Talking about focus. Don sent me a message this morning because I just asked the team. I said, hey, where have these five elements of momentum come in? How many of you have known Don for more than a year? How many of you, are, are, when you look up here, see a missing part of Don today? <laughs> you, if you know her story. But Don just shared. She said, you know, Brian, she goes, I am, she goes, I love the accountability. I always seek accountability out in my life. I love that. It helps me improve. She goes, but I've always forgotten about the vision side of it. I would go and I would do and I would do and I would do. And what I would find out is that I was climbing the ladder only to find out it was on the wrong wall. And if we've been there, we get busy, busy. And I will tell you, 
she's been a blessing to our team like none other because she is an integrator like you would not. You need something done, Dawn gets it done. But now what she said when she got this system and started executing it, she had purpose behind the things that she was focusing her attention on. So when I say that, um, because how much uh, I've learned the word, uh, it, it's not lost, it's relinquished. Released. 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 Yeah, I didn't lose it. You didn't lose it because you don't want to find it. You don't want to find it. So just one. Now, this is a personal area, and I don't know that I really asked for permission to share, but I know, I know you have a, you, you've, got, you've, got a, you've got some courage about sharing your story. So how much, uh, when you got some focus and you had a vision about what you were trying to accomplish personally, what happened? Well, I've been able, so I've released 62.4 pounds. That's the yeah. <laughs> Currently. Currently. We're not done yet, but no. Yeah, so that's, again, that's what was great, right? Like, so I set, I just set a timeline, and now I have that. It's on my mirror. Baseline, amazing, and miraculous. I'll be at optimal health by either July 11th, my 25th wedding anniversary. That's my baseline. My amazing is Memorial Day because we see like a bajillion people that day that we see like once a year, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like. That's my that's person, my day. That's right? my day. That's my day. Um, or the miraculous would be March the 30th of 2023 because that's one year from the day that I started. There you go. Woo! Wow. <laughs> now again, guys, it's just taking these five things. Dawn kind of came up with the vision, and I just wanted to share that because that's one of the things. And you guys, would you guys? tie into that because when it comes to planning uh, and I'll just share kind of a, if you're looking for something to implement set a goal so you got a vision and then tie a goal to it in 12 week increments it's that simple and it's not anything rocket science how many of you have heard of smart goals raise your hand all right so what's a smart goal for those that don't know that didn't raise their hand what's a specific measurable attainable actionable relevant and time-bound Ask yourself when you write something down. Now, by the way, you heard amb ambiguity up here. You guys have some, uh, you have some people in your life that won't let you get away with ambiguous goals. So, but the point is, uh, when it comes to planning, set some smart goals. And then, when, uh, what else has been useful for you in putting a plan together that you can accomplish? So, finding the right framework to execute that plan. Um, and what I mean is, you know, are you somebody that lives and dies by your calendar? So therefore you can make, you know, budget the time, right, for certain things that are important, especially that have to do with executing that plan. Um, I, I've tried, I'm, I'm kind of the nerd on tools. I've tried every efficiency and accountability type of tool there probably is. And what I really have drawn it back to though is keeping it simple and just simply using my calendar. You know, so if it's in my calendar, it gets done. Even if it's something as simple as I need to make a phone call, um, my team, you know, and leveraging, leveraging my team as well and giving them permission to be overstepping. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So that's, okay. that's really the biggest thing there. Let me, uh, guys, here's a suggestion for you. And we talk about this a lot. When it comes to setting a goal, some of you will have a goal that will bring you closer to your vision. You've set a SMART goal. Um, how, how many of you get caught up in what you should do after you set the goal? Anybody? All right, well, then we won't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, in terms, how many of you know exactly what to do to hit the goal? I see Tracy shaking her head. Here's my suggestion. Tracy, thank you for being honest. We don't really know. Guys, most of you in this room are in a referral-based business. How subjective can a business get? How, how do you even explain what, how you get your business? It's just people out of the blue recommend me to help them with something. It's so subjective. The key behind a plan, and we'll talk about it when we get to the next step, is, is creating objectivity behind it as best as you possibly can, because we're going to talk about um, metrics in just a second. But here's when it comes to planning, my encouragement to you, set a goal, and then just write down every possible idea that you have to hit that goal. Task, things that you want to do, write it all down. Get it out of your head. So that would be my first encouragement to you. So set the goal and then write down all the tasks. And then that leads us to metrics, okay? So, by the way, planning, before we go to metrics, I'm gonna go to this real quick. So there is three types of goals that you can look at. And by the way, these are just, you can have a production goal. Most of you should probably have a production goal in the environment that we're in. The second one is a project. Some of you need to hire somebody. I've heard that. By the way, some, some people's businesses are thriving. Bob Olson sitting over there, we've been talking to him, his business is thriving. He's needed to hire somebody. 
He put a project together to hire somebody. That's a project goal. And then there is a process goal. Uh, somebody, uh, Jessica, you just mentioned atomic habits. Um, and some of those are just getting good habits in place. And that's what a process goal is. It's just, I'm going to do something for a specific period of time. I'm going to exercise for this period of time. You may not have a production goal of losing weight, of releasing the amount of 60 plus pounds that Dawn has. But if you take a look at it, she's, you know, you could just say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to exercise for this period. Whatever that is, you can have a specific goal built around all three of those different types of goals. But, and then here's just some suggestions. And notice what you're going to see here. These are the key actions and tactics. This is from a little, uh, this is from the academy, by the way. We've got worksheets inside the Radically Referrable Academy, if you're interested, that help you put your plan together. But the point is, it's, you'll notice, this is just a brainstorm on stuff that could, could be done during a 12-week period. And those are some real life examples from our team uh, that we've used in the past. And you'll, by the way, I think those are from 2020. So, um, but that is, it is what it is. So, but just write down everything that you're thinking about doing because then you'll come back and you're going to focus on a few specific things, which is what we call metrics. So when we get, uh, when we get into metrics, guys, what gets measured gets managed. So you put a plan together and here's the vision is that you start measuring your execution. So you write down all those things that you're thinking about doing. You're going to narrow it down, and you're going to pick a few key things. And when it comes to metrics and you're putting in this momentum system, there's two things to track. You've got to find your key performance indicators, or what, what uh, in the book they call those leading indicators. Can anybody give me an example? Oh, by the way, I think we've all established we're in a referral-based business. What are some leading indicators? What are things that produce referrals for you? Let's talk about leading indicators. What's a leading indicator or something that produces a referral for you? Contacts. Let's, come on, this is a mastermind group. We're, gonna, we're sharing ideas here. Application. Application. So, you know, when you get somebody that's talking to you, do you get data from that? Paul's in the mortgage business like we are. Client meetings. Okay, good. Fact finds. That's you. You're in the you get financial services, fact finder. Heard that all the time. What else? What's a leading indicator that will produce the results that you're looking for? Phone calls, exactly. It's activities. Every activity you can possibly imagine. I would write those down. Now, what I'm going to suggest to you is you can't track, you can track them all, but find three that are important for your business. You heard some key ones there. So if you're, if you're still looking and you're growing your business, David, I know you're early on in your stages. You need some contacts. There's probably some things like events attended or um, you know, fact finders would absolutely be one. But what are you doing to, what are you doing to build your business? So finding some metrics that you can track that will produce the results that will help you hit the goal. That's, the, that's one of them. So finding some key, key performance indicators or leading indicators that you can track and keep tightly focused on that. Now, for those of you who've been hanging around here, referrals received is a great thing to track. It's a great thing to track. It's a leading indicator. Some of you in this room love to be, are known as givers. What's another thing you might track if you want to get referrals? How many you give? There's a giver right there. Start tracking how many. If you want more referrals, start tracking how many you give. I see some, I see some light bulbs. I see Paul shaking his head. Ask us how many referrals are you giving? I'm going to tell you, you start giving more, you'll start getting more. That's what this room is all about. So we want to be givers in the community. All right. So there's key performance indicators, leading indicators, those things that we want to track that will produce some results. Now, the other component that we want to do is, what do we say? It's execution. We talked about execution earlier on. Ideas, the only ideas that get rewarded in the marketplace are what? The ones that get implemented, implemented and executed. Exactly. So the point is we want to track our execution. That, this is the part that got me excited about the 12-week year when I read it. Rachel's shaking her head. Yes, Brian, you've been excited about this. I want you to imagine you're in an office. You're walking down the hall. Or you're in a group like these guys are. And you just you show up and you're like, hey, How's it going? How'd you, how'd you do last week? And they say 84%. And they know that they're doing pretty well. I want you to imagine being in an environment where all you have to do, because it doesn't matter whether they were tracking referrals given, applications, events attended, phone calls, doesn't matter what they're tracking, they've set a plan and they can just tell you a number. Or if they say, hey, I was at 20% last week, and you're like, whoa, you okay? We track, if you're hanging out and you're using a system like this, you're tracking your execution on a weekly basis. Each week, you're creating a, you've set a plan for, the, for a 12-week period, and then you're breaking down the activities that you're going to do each week to produce that result. 
It's getting narrowly focused in a very defined period of time to accomplish something. So can you guys tell me how that part of taking metrics has been incredibly, has, has helped you uh, in your business? For, for me personally, it's just getting very granular is not my, is, is something that um, I, I've leaned into and, and has really, has, has, has made a lot of changes, I guess. It's, it's really created that extra um, gain, I guess, in my business is really getting into that granular and breaking it down. Can you give us an example? Um, is really tracking, I mean, for, for me, it's the free consultations. Like, I love giving free advice. Now, I know that doesn't make any money for me, but for me, that's, that's that, By the way, is that true? No. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I love, if, if, I could, if I could just sit and do free consultations all day. You can't. By the way, your wife's in the room. You can't do that. Right. So, so but, but that's what I'm saying is, is that, for, but for me. But it is an indicator. It is an, that, that is my biggest indicator is when I have the time to do that, that's where abundance because comes they, from. Because what happens after you give a free consultation more often than not? I, I'm a blessed. I'm, I'm, my goal every day to meet a client, I feel I'm blessed in a lot of areas and I feel you, if you're blessed in there, you should be a blessing. So my goal in every meeting is to be a blessing to them somehow. If you're tracking so. that indicator, though, what ends up happening? What's the next step in, in, the, in the thing that allows you to accomplish your vision of? Um, yeah, I mean, either, honestly. How many of those clients hire you? A lot. Or they're, or they're referring. You. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yes, so exactly. so yes. tracking how many appointments, that's really, yeah. you're giving great All value. Yes. Uh, which, by the way, that house with a porch on 50 acres. The wraparound porch. The wrap, tell us the, about that. Tell it. Uh, yeah, so the house that we're going to have in November of 17 and 25, uh, it'll be on 50 right, where, acres. Where's your, where's your wife at? Gorgeous, right back there. Gorgeous. Okay, you, you, you got a contract with him on this, right? So, <laughs> so Gorgeous has, uh, I'm so blessed. Um, yeah, she's very patient. Let's just, let's, let's say so that. So tell us about your vision. Um, so the vision is though, so I have five boys, uh, 13 down to three. And the vision is to have, yeah, exactly. And, she home, and we homeschool. So... Um, yeah. She she homeschools. I'm the pres, I'm the principal, superintendent, and substitute PE teacher every now and then. Um, and Tell math. us about the vision, Mike. Anyways, the vision the is thank you, thank you. Fifty acres in the country, wraparound porch, um, acreage for you know some some livestock and stuff, some hunting ground for the kids because my boys are buck crazy right now. And, um, and what's that? And there's and a um a detached garage with an office suite on it where it'll be the international headquarters of Kingdom Financial. And I will have a virtual business. Um, and I'll have people obviously all over the country working for me for, for Kingdom Financial, but that's where I will work. And I will leave my house and walk. Which is why, by the way, how many of you, how many of you have a vision that clear about what you were looking for? How, good. It inspires me when I hear something that detailed. That's awesome. Now, I'm going to tie it back to because... You can't do free consultations all the time. It's your pur it ties to your purpose. You're tying it to your, to your vision. So you want to offer free consultations. That's a metric that you track because it produces clients for you that are going to help you accomplish that vision. Maybe to bring it on even further is my real vision is to basically just give my stuff away for free, is to help people like my grandpa who could not afford to hire somebody like me. So my vision really is to create a business that I have enough that I'm, hurt, that I'm providing enough value to some clients that I can just give it away to the people that yeah. can't afford it. All right. That's really what I want to do. Now, by the way, I'm going to, thank you. That's awesome. So we're going to move on. We're going to get to the, uh, to the fourth element of uh, this momentum system, which is just time allocation. Um, and when it comes to time allocation, I want you guys to share, because this is one that we all, I think everybody in a referral-based business can struggle with. You got to meet with a client. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got everything happening in your world. But the key component is we, when, we, when we put a fortress around our focus, which is what we do when we've got goals, when we've got metrics that we're trying to produce, and we've got a vision that we're, trying to, uh, that we're trying to accomplish. So guys, tell me, what has been your, your challenge with time allocation, and what would you recommend? Because you guys have all accomplished something big. So what are some things that you did to actually put a fortress around your focus? Time allocation is hard really hard. I'm not great at it. It is, I've, I've gotten better. I've gotten a lot better in the time that I've been part of this community, but it's hard. And my biggest piece of advice for people who are starting their journey toward being better at this 
is start somewhere and don't feel like your calendar needs to look like Dawn's calendar because, oh, that's like the Mount Everest of time allocation in my mind. Um, But start somewhere and block a couple things on your calendar in a week and tell yourself, I'm going to honor those two time blocks. And then the next week, block three and see how that goes. Um, I will tell you, I've gotten better. And what I've accomplished, I would say, in the last year is a business that works better for me and my family as opposed to me working for it and putting some guardrails around when I do and do not meet with clients, which is a huge time saver, is in no way a sacrifice to client service, but lets me do what I want to do, both for my professional world, my clients, but also for my kids and my husband. And it, it I'm moving in a good direction. So move in a direction even if you, you're She's not ready to climb She's moving in more than a good Everest. direction. I'm going to talk. So... Jessica actually leads some of our um, calls to help people implement this stuff, both on the productivity side and also on the referral side. Um, She's executed at a high level. She's uh, probably being a little bit more humble or hasn't just had the the right opportunity. Tell us what what the result of this system has been for your business. I mean, I have referrals rolling in. I think in my first year I had over 100. I honestly am not sure where I'll end up this year, but it's more than that. It's... I, I build relationships and I focus on the people that I enjoy and I have lunch with people that are just fun to talk to and I have actual real relationships with and it has made my business grow steadily. And in the meantime, I've... Steadily is an understatement, by the well, way. 100 referrals, first year in business, by the way. First year, yes. But I also, it's, it's not just the, the growth and the dollars. It's, I've also been able to accomplish doing less doing more in less time so that I can have the life I want. And that has been, I mean, one of the first things Brian said to me when I met him was, we got to win at work and win at home. And if you know me, you know I've got two small kids and a husband's out of town almost all the time. And that's my priority. And I feel incredibly, incredibly lucky that I have met the people and learned what I need to learn so that I can have a professional life and use my law degree in a way that makes me happy. I meet with clients and I'm like, they're cool. I'm so happy I met them. And it, it just... It's a good balance, and I feel like I really do have both. I have it all. Oh, I, I won't cry here. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't make cry, Brian. I didn't make you cry. Your, your story. Um, guys, I'll tell you, if you haven't met Jessica, I would recommend it, because I'm going to tell you, she, what she didn't say is when she started in her own business, she was cold calling. Oh, so if you're cold calling and you don't want to, talk to her. There you go. Hang around this community. There's all kinds of people in this community that don't want to cold call. They want to build relationships, and they want to be like Jessica that has a radically referable business. So time allocation. Yeah, so the fortress around your focus, as it says there. Um, You know, the biggest thing is it's a mix of accountability, I would really say. So find what what will actually truly hold you accountable. And I kind of reflect back on something a mentor told me 20 years ago which is you can build your business, build your life from event to event. And I've found recently, especially this event and others in my life that I've held are what are best at holding me accountable. Because once you declare, you know, what's tied to that goal, once you declare something to that event, you're going to have to allocate the time. It's either, it's either succeed, succeed or fail, right? It's either be here or stay in bed. Right, and that was no no choice, uh, especially in this environment. Yeah. So that's really been um, a great way to um, execute with yeah. time allocation. Guys, one of the things we talk about, uh, and I'm going to move this because speaking of time allocation, we've got uh, a little over 15 minutes left, and I want to get to the the next uh, the next topic here in just a second. But uh, here's just an example of some time blocking, guys. You don't need to block your entire calendar. If you read the 12-week year, they encourage you to put a, 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 a strategic block in place or an implementation block where you're focused three hours a week on accomplishing the metrics that if, you, if it's phone calls, if it's, uh, if it's scheduling things, you're doing those activities within a defined period. So there's a planning block, a strategic block. These can go on and on. And again, there's more information. You can talk to one of the people that are here today. Uh, we also cover it in, intensely inside the academy if you're interested in that. So. Um, joyful accountability. Tell us, guys, everybody sees that and they think, okay, what does that actually mean? What does joyful accountability mean to you guys? Actually, let me stop before you guys answer. What does joyful accountability mean to, to you guys? 
Gratitude. Wow. Okay. Lou? Okay. It's good. Not punitive. Not punitive. How many, exactly, how many of you think of accountability and you're like, I don't want any. I've, had, I've, I've, had, I've been paddled. I don't know that I can say that anymore, but I have been, so, um, by my dad. Um, anyway, so the, um, the, the point that I'm trying to make is how many of you like the term accountability? Structure. Tracy? Structure. Guys, turning accountability from a negative to a positive. Because I will tell you, most of you have great ideas that you want to implement, but if you can surround yourself with people who know what you're trying to accomplish and hold you, key component. What I loved about this book is he said, it's not about accountability. It's not about holding people accountable. It's holding people capable. capable. Hold people capable. So if you ask yourself, who are you surrounding yourself with? If you're trying to do this, because isolation is the enemy of excellence. And when we are in commissioned sales, it's easy. There's not anybody telling us we've got to get up and go make a phone call, go to an appointment, show up at an event like this. We can just hang out and do whatever we want. It's one of the reasons we got into this business, isn't it? Be truthful. You wanted to make the money that you wanted to make, and you wanted to have control over your time and the money that you made. It's probably why you're doing what you're doing, in addition to being unemployable like Mike, if you want to say that. So. <laughs> but the point is we want that freedom, but it comes at an expense if we don't have some joyful accountability, if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a plan. If you don't know what you're measuring, you're not allocating time. And if you, I'm telling you the key component in all of this though, is don't do it in isolation. So if you met somebody today and you got a big goal, they were telling you what, what 2025 looks like for them, I'd encourage you, connect with them outside of this. Go have lunch, start talking. There's been people in this room who are in completely different industries that have maintained a relationship about goals and building things over, over long periods of time. Meredith's not here. Um, today, but she had somebody that she was working with in here that she just kept, stayed in touch with, and they just kept talking about how they were going to build something. So joyful accountability changes everything, because as I said, isolation is the enemy of excellence. And I want to cover some stats, and then I'm going to turn it back over to these guys. Because I want you to, if you take nothing else today, you've got a great system here, but I will tell you, if you can find somebody, seek accountability. You're going to have areas of life that you're falling down in. If you were to rank all the areas of life that you just said are most important to you and put a grade on on a scale of 1 to 10, if everything's a 10, then please let us know because we want you on a panel. <laughs> if it's not, there's going to be some areas and you need to have people around you. You need to have people around you that are going to hold you capable of accomplishing what you said you wanted to accomplish. So find, seek accountability. And joyful accountability is when you are stepping into it. It's the willingness to be vulnerable and say, I don't have this all figured out. I need help. Here's what I'm trying to do. Will you work with me? Will you stay in touch with me? Will you be in community with me? Will you be there to talk about it? It could be a coworker. It could be a coach. How many coaches do we have in the room? Kimberly, Matthew, Norm. Guys, seek accountability. Now, by the way, it doesn't just have to be in business. How many of you have a coach outside of business? Anybody? Norm, Lou, what, what's your coach, David? Okay, so that's in, inside the workspace. If you had, how I many, yes, go ahead. What, outside, outside of work, any, somebody that you're working with or that's keeping you, holding you capable? George Slaughter. He's your, GW. Love GW. That's good. So guys, here's what I'm going to encourage you. Find somebody that will hold you capable. Here's why. I want you to take a look at this. And this is from the, uh, the American Society of Training and Development. So some of you have an idea or a goal. This will back up what Brian Moran said earlier. Yeah, you can take a picture of it if you want. Go ahead, John. So you can take a look. You consciously decide to do it. You look, it becomes more and more intentional the further down you go. But look what happens when you get incredibly intentional. You seek accountability. You have a specific appointment with a person or a group that you've committed to. Could be a coworker. It doesn't matter who it is, but you're committed and you don't let each other off the hook. If you say you're gonna do something, you're gonna do it. So I'd encourage you to find, to set an appointment with a person or a group around your goal. Seek that accountability. And here's some ways you can do it. Guys, the daily huddle. 
These are individuals, and I've been in accountability groups where it was just, it was really quick. It was just a text. Hey, what are you going to do today? What was your big win today? What are you going to do tomorrow? Or it could be something simpler as what's your win? What was your challenge? What are you avoiding? By the way, Dawn came up with that, and she's been using that for years. It's one thing she asks me all the time. What are you avoiding? We want to know that. So, and then you get together on a weekly basis. Uh, by the way, that's what these guys, each one of these individuals have been, are either currently or have been a part of Accelerate in the past, which is a coaching program that you, you may have heard us talk about earlier. But we meet on a weekly basis on Zoom. So, guys, and you can see the form. You're more than happy to take a picture of that. But uh, let me tell you, where, where is joyful accountability? What results have you seen? What benefits have you guys seen from joyful accountability? I'll go ahead and start that off. Um, it's actually been an evolution, and I'll have to say that it started in business, but it's actually migrated to my family life, because um, something I tend to be famous for also is uh, being a father of seven with an amazing wife as well, who's in the room, and they range 25 to four, okay, and grandbabies and all that already, so it's starting to compound. I think we're going to have, I don't know how many people we're going to have for Thanksgiving, but we're the epicenter. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> all I saw was like four turkeys in the freezer. So I was like, wow, we have a lot of turkeys. Um, <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah, all shapes and forms. And what that uh, accountability though, and what being a part of a group and having a weekly discovery, going through a weekly process where you're discovering, okay, what's, where's my challenges, has actually spilled over into my family and, and created vulnerability because, um, you know, God bless the older children, right? But they're the first ones, right? I told my 25-year-old daughter when she was 15, you're the first 15-year-old girl I've ever raised. <laughs> and it ain't going pretty, and you're not going to appreciate everything I have to say yeah. until you're 30, maybe. Um, and I have to wait for the maybe sometimes. But no, she's an amazing young lady. But long story short, um, it's the accountability that I've found through this environment has created vulnerability. It's, it's, you know, and that vulnerability has spilled over into even us having a family meeting where we're sharing things about our own life and our own goals with our children. We have five at home still. And that is, you know, my goal out of that, without trying to cry about it, is to help propel them forward, right? To help accelerate their lives and their ability to execute. I don't know if that was on topic, but. <laughs> Apparently so, Nathan. That's exactly what's supposed to be said. Um, so for me, really, it goes back to another story. Obviously, it's with Accelerate. Whenever I joined Accelerate um, about a year ago. You want it for me? Sorry. Get a little. My hands, sorry. Um, so when I joined Accelerate, one of the biggest things I wanted to do first quarter of last year, I sat down, and I wanted to find out, do I, I had, at that time, I, had, I was still an employee, believe it or not. Um, I wasn't a very good employee. My mom can vouch for that. Um, but, but I still worked for, a, I worked for Prudential uh, as a financial advisor. So I'm an accountant. And then if I, need, I had clients that needed help, I kind of sent them over there and they helped them with their financial advising. But I knew long-term, um, as much as you know, my grandpa worked for Prudential, anyway, lots of ties to Prudential, but I knew long-term I couldn't do, I couldn't serve my clients the way that served them that way. So I went on a journey last, um, what, the first quarter of last year. And through Accelerate, um, they pushed me, to, they, they asked me, so Mike, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know if I want to start my own, if I should just join somebody else's independent, how should I make this work? Um, so I went on a journey and I asked everyone Accelerate, what should I do to you know, figure out how to make this work? And they said, why don't you interview advisors that have done what you've done? Like, Sounds like a great idea. So that's exactly what I did. So I went on a journey, right? Uh, last year I interviewed, Dan, or, um, Brian introduced me to probably a dozen different financial advisors who referred me to other ones and I had interviews with people that have done exactly what I'm doing, right? And that, all, and that only happened because they held me capable the whole time and were asking me every single week, how'd the conversations go, how'd the conversations go, what, what, happened, what happened now, what happened now? Um, and through that I found, yeah, try not to start crying. Um, this morning, actually at breakfast, which is pretty amazing, um, that whole journey, ironically, concluded this morning, where me and my amazing wife sat down with Bob Olson, and we're finally at, and Bob's like, yeah, whatever. We're, we're, we're at a spot where I can actually onboard clients collaborating with him, right? And that's been a year, almost a year in the making, right? 
Um, and that only happened because Accelerate held me capable because I've had great ideas my whole career. <laughs> He's my idea people, right? The vision guy. Thought of all kinds of cool things. But that would have never happened if I wouldn't have had people that held me capable during that whole time and asked me, hey, how's it going? Hey, have you done that? Have you done that? Um, so for me, the joyful accountability is a piece that I've, I, I didn't have my whole career. Because I don't know if anybody else is like this, but I can talk myself out of a lot of things. But when you hold yourself to a group like that, like they see through it and they call you out very quickly. David Adams is smiling at me because David's great at it. In the meetings, he's, he's one of the best at just seeing through kind of some of the fluff and just asking those pointed questions. You know? And that's what I think everybody needs in their life is someone that will just throw away all the fluff and be like, call me out. And I need that in my life. So, Yeah, that's really good. Um, guys, get we could keep going on and on, but I want to honor time here. Um, if we get some time here in a second. Um, but I will tell you, this, this joyful accountability, it, uh, this little system here that these guys are talking about, I wanted to bring some implementers up. You guys can go do this on your own. This is, it's something you can do. We're trying to put some things in front of you that you can execute. It's not about a program. It's about a system. It's about a process for building your version of special. But I will tell you, when you, when you add capability, Finding someone that will hold joyful accountability from their heart because they love you, telling you what you need to hear at the time you need to hear it will keep you from drifting. Because that's what happens. Absent a system, absent some intentionality, here's what happens. We, we're going this way, but we don't, have, we don't have a system, and we end off off course. In a one-degree change over a period of time, you end up in so far away from where you're supposed to be. If you are in a group that is holding you capable, that knows where you're trying to go, they're helping you make those modifications along the way. We all get off track. The question is, how long do you let it happen? We make mistakes in our business. We make mistakes in our lives all the time. But it's surrounding yourself with people that you can be vulnerable, vulnerable with, that will speak truth into you, and that will hold you capable of accomplishing the vision, the thing that you said that was most important to you. So that is a summary. My point to you, accountability, joyful accountability, is the missing ingredient for you building, in my opinion is the missing ingredient for you building your version of special. And that's based off of that slide right there. Because some of you might be the 10%. Most of us in the room are the 90%. By the way, this isn't a touch patch, so you can't see what I'm doing up here. I'm, never mind. Bad technology joke. All right. So my point to you is that joyful accountability, seek it. Get in, get in relationship with somebody that you're meeting with on a consistent basis, that knows what you're trying to build, that knows what your 12-week goals are. If you implement this, just start next. It might be talking to the person right next to you and saying, let's grab coffee. Do you want to do this together? It might be talking to one of the coaches here in the room and asking them for some help. It might be going back to the office and saying, hey, you three, let's go in a conference room. We're going to get this done right now. We're going to then agree to do something. It's taking action. So I can keep going on and on because I've personally seen some of the benefits of this, and I've watched these individuals build their version of special. And there's some other people in Accelerate. We've done some crazy, amazing things on our team. This system works. So by the way, Brad, Rachel, Tom, they're over here. Don, we're using the same system in our business. We're using it in the coaching practice. It makes a difference. And by the way, I want you to implement it because your best referral partner can use this same system. You can be a light for other people in your business and help them build their version of special. And when that happens, who do you think they're going to refer? Anybody want to take a guess? They're going to refer you. You're adding value outside of your core competence. If you're selling whatever you're selling, if you're leading the conversation every time with what you're selling with your best referral partner, how much value are you adding? This is a way to add value outside of your core competence to deepen relationships. Because imagine, if you help somebody build their version of special, you'll never lose them. You'll never lose them as a referral partner. All right, so with that, what I want to do is I want to say, ask you guys, what has been most useful for you today? Tom. Just hearing what the, what the panel has to say and what they've gone through. Okay. Don's question, what are you avoiding? It's good. What else? What's been most useful for you today? Lou?
It's good. Yeah, it's good. Yes. I love the um you capable of take the punitive connotation away from the word. Yes. How many of you would, would take accountability if somebody had your best interest at heart? That's really what it comes down to. If, if some, find some people that have your best interest at heart and trust them. Yeah, there's several proverbs around that one. So, so yes? I really like what you said about uh, accountability leads to vulnerability, not just in the professional world, but also in the world. It's good, and it will, by the way. Yeah. I love it. By the way, have, we, have you been here before? First time. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here. What's your name? What is it? Talai? Yeah, you too, Talai. I'm glad you're here. I hope you'll be back. Thank you for sharing. All right. Anybody else? Yes. Pick a direction. Pick a direction. There's a, uh, yeah, just write it down. Write it down so that when other people see it, they know where you're headed. Is it time? It is time. How many of you, had, how many of you found this useful today from our panel? <laughs> Give them a round. Well, there you have it. Another Mastermind Project podcast. We want to thank you for being here and investing in yourself. Uh, that's the key to growth because we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So thank you for investing in yourself. We hope that you found something here useful. As a matter of fact, it's our desire that you've heard something from this podcast that would make a difference if you implement it in your business. And we know that success favors the speed of implementation. Take a note, take action on something that you've learned here. It'll make a difference. We'd love to hear about it. So, and you can also join us and tell us a little bit about it at our next live event. And you can register for that at www.briankmcrae.com www.briankmcrae.com. We've got our mastermind event schedule there and you can join us virtually uh, at our next event on the third Thursday of the month. So for this time and until next time, study things that matter, practice things that matter and teach things that matter to people who care. Appreciate you.